Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Jack Molisau of Forge Performance, coming to you from West Windsor, New Jersey. Jack, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing pretty awesome, man. I'm glad we're on the call. I'm glad we're getting to have this conversation. We got to do a little banter beforehand, and uh, I'm stoked to keep it going. I'm excited to to dive into the, the intricacies of this business, and it sounds like there's been a couple of evolutions of what Forge Performance is along the way, but Jack, I don't want to paint on your canvas. First and foremost, for the people tuning in with knowledge of the fitness industry, tell us a little bit about Forge as it is now. What is Forge, and what it's a, what is this about? Perfect. So uh, as you said, we're in West Windsor and we've kind of gone through this journey of the simple nuts and bolts is we advertise ourselves as a semi-private coaching facility, right? So people that have in the industry and know things that have been developed from like the Cosgroves kind of making that whole semi-private nature. Um, When I opened the gym seven years ago, I used their model as a way to get the ball rolling. Um, And then over the past seven years, we've adjusted it and adapted it to to make it a model that fits our demographic a little bit better and our specific outcomes. And in addition to the fitness side of things, obviously we offer the the programming, et cetera. On the nutritional side, everybody gets the same level of support on the nutritional side. And we kind of map that off of a precision nutrition approach with John Berardi. So we kind of, as we were going through the process, we first looked at the people we wanted to emulate and the people that did everything really, really well. Um, and then we took it and we adapted it and it picked and we found a way to make it match our needs a little bit more particular. And that has taken us to where we are now and we're pretty happy with it and we'll just keep improving it. Yeah. I I tell the story of Alan and Rachel Cosgrove talking about Alan having cancer and going through chemo, having eight people sitting in a room and one nurse in charge of keeping them alive. And and that sort of pioneering this Mm semi-private model, if you will. Um, and, and so I, I really appreciate it. And I think this is an underutilized model in the industries, even still a decade later, it's still underutilized for all intents and purposes, but Jack, take us back a little bit, right? This is just past seven years in business. Now, what sparked the idea in your brain way back when, Hey, I'm going to open a gym. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and, and be the man in the arena. What, what really sprouted that idea for you? Fair enough. Well, like most people that are in the fitness industry, we all grew up in some version of some kind of athletic story of some sort, our own struggle, et cetera. Sure. Um, so that was like my original interest in, in seeing kind of, wow, if you take control of yourself and you control your environment and you can really make a change in your life, right? You could be something better in some way or another. So that was what like the very early on. So when I was back in high school, I already kind of set a timeline of by the time I was 25, I needed to open a gym. So I kind of laid back the timeline and which what needed to happen in order to get there. And so as I made it through my uh, school career, educating myself in different ways, participating in different mentorships, et cetera, I spent most of my time before opening kind of trying to learn not just from the fitness side. I was always very interested in how to organize the business side. So taking, um, working at like, I was a martial artist back in the day, MMA and things like that. So I worked with a bunch of like MMA gyms and I looked at how they were kind of organizing their model. 
then I started seeing more of like those boot camp type of models. And I kind of got some experience there, worked with like Parisi's feed school and things like that. Started to yep. see with more of the youth. Um, and then I worked at a big box gym to see with like the good old fashioned personal training out of a big box gym works. Um, so the whole time I was doing all that, I was trying to figure out essentially what environments that I liked and what environments I didn't like and what about those environments I liked and didn't like and what I thought didn't work. So the last place I was at was a big box gym and I came kind of gave myself like two years to experience everything and work on building my own book and my own career, of course, but really learning the ins and outs of running a big box gym. And that was probably around the time when I was doubling down with things like doing the Cosgrove mentorships and pieces like that and kind of getting more experience in that side of things. And I just started comparing the different models and I realized that the, in my eyes, because it is definitely appropriate in many places and shapes and forms, but in my eyes and what, who I was serving, personal training was a very ineffective and very inefficient system for what I was trying to accomplish. Um, and then when you put it within the system of a big box gym, there was a very, uh, there was very little control that a coach had in order to kind of improve the overall system, right? So after about two years, I kind of reached the peak. I was starting, uh, started youth training program programs there. Um, I did a bunch of stuff and I kept running into a very low ceiling in terms of what I was being offered in my ability. So that also taught me potentially mismanagement and how important that is to take care of your employees and things like that. So lesson to learn too. Yep. So, uh, cause yeah, cause if, if things were organized a little differently, um, there's a good chance I would stay there longer and, and contributed to that company more and built something bigger and better. Yep. But instead, my two years was kind of coming up, kind of hit my peak in what I wanted to accomplish. Um, so I decided to pull the trigger and found myself a space and opened January of 2015. And the original setup was that idea of first trying to just figure out a more efficient way to do personal training that also not only was it giving a good quality experience to the member, one of the most important things to me was how do we take care of the coaches in the industry? Cause that was something I was not experiencing in the big box gym and every personal trainer out there, of course you can make a decent buck, but you get no time off. You get sick, you're screwed, you're in and out. And, um, you know, I, our industry was not providing the same things that all other industries provided. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I kind of took it apart upon myself to say, I'm going to see if I could figure this out a little bit better. Um, and create a place where I think if we, if we handle our coaches first, we get to build an environment where if they're being taken care of, then they have the opportunity to stay in the industry longer, which yeah. means that they're going to be able to progress and become higher quality, which means that they're going to be looked at as higher quality. We could charge more, we can charge more, we could pay more. And it starts going this circle around. Um, so part of, in addition to just running a successful small gym and, and uh, helping clients and everything, a big part of it was how do we build a better system for coaches? Because if we can take care of them, I think we can raise the overall quality of industry. And then therefore people can make actual careers out of this and, and make this industry really stand out. So, yeah, Jack, I, I could not have said it. I could not have said it any better myself. And, and the reality is the history of one-on-one -on -one personal training is limiting. We only have so many hours in a day and I can only train so many people at a certain point. I'm just going to hit a ceiling of my income potential of my development potential. And there's just nowhere to go to your point. 
at that that's probably going to lead to turnover. We're not able to hold trainers past that point. And so you shifted the focus. Of course, we're focused on the clients. Of course, at the end of the day, yeah. they're the ones paying the bills. But if you can pour more of your energy into your team, your staff, and helping them develop, down the line should probably take care of itself for the most part. And so I appreciate where you're, you're spending your energy. Now, talk to us a little bit about the service, right? We've said semi-private a handful of times here, but that word, that, that, that name has gotten bastardized in our industry a little bit over the years. What does that mean for you guys? How many people are in a typical group? Cool. So it started out at being four. It was four people uh, per coach. Um, but that was also the time in which programs were being written and printed out on Excel spreadsheets and people were going through all that yep. and people's programs were, you know, everybody was a special snowflake. So everybody's program had to look different somehow, of course, because there's no two people that could be the same program. So those were some of the mistakes that we were kind of making on our end. And as we built our system better and better, we've incorporated some better technology we narrowed in on who we're working with so that instead of writing a hundred different programs for a hundred different vastly people, we were able to write a handful of programs that need minor adjustments um, to suit a more narrowed in clientele. And then therefore, when they come into the facility, they're a little bit more capable. Um, plus, like I said, with the technology and everything, so everything is delivered through True Coach right now, we have like support lessons and everything that go with our program. So we built a better system, which again, makes it easier on the coach. So now it's six to one is the overall ratio. Six is kind of like the maximum number that we could feel we could still put all the, um, all the quality of coaching into the process. But we really just, just like with one-on-one -on -one training, like you can count to 10, you don't need me to count to 10, right? So we just started seeing what things do people really need and that's what they're actually paying you for and that's what they're actually coming for. Um, so when we narrowed on what those things were, we found that to be a more appropriate um, kind of set point for us yeah and, uh, it's been working really well the the intangibles of the semi-private model in in the camaraderie and the competitiveness and the social aspect to it also provide a lot of value for people i've found that the more people that i talk to that have spent time in the one-on-one -on -one space the the consistent theme is that there's a lot of dead time there's a lot of you, you just can't talk to somebody nonstop for an hour, multiple times a week, 52 weeks a year. Yeah. The more we can get, the more people we can involve in that group, the better. But to your point, there's diminishing returns at a certain level. And, and six for you guys has been that real target. What does that look like in terms of your overall membership? How many people do we serve in total? So currently we're right at about 115 to 120 members in-house. Okay. Um, we do have some extended programs and stuff, but we kind of pretend they don't exist. They're kind of like the, the testers and the floaters outside of that. Gotcha. Um, and as we kind of talked about, just logistically based on the amount of space we have and the number of hours in the day, et cetera, we're, we're really kind of right there at uh, approaching that capacity point. So we have, Yep. Numbers actually closer down to about, we got to handle about 15 more members until um, we have to do some reorganizing. And if we get lucky and everybody shows up at the times that are quiet, great. We'll be able to have more space. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it'd be great if people just randomly want to work out at those slow times. But yep. realistically, when it comes down to the needs of the clientele, um, 
once we get 15 more locked in members, then we will kind of reassess a little bit, see what we can kind of negotiate with certain logistics. And if we can get a couple more, we can get a couple more, but we're, we're kind of right there. Yeah. And, and certainly a, an exciting problem to navigate. I think a lot of gym owners that ultimately listen to this are constantly trying to figure out how do we get more people? How do we get them to the right times in the right services? One interesting thought experiment in our field, especially with this more higher level coaching is pricing and, and why we chose the pricing that we did. Where do most of your clusters most of your customers fall in terms of what they pay for a membership? You know, there's, there's not a lot of options, to be honest. Um, one of the big changes when we talk about COVID and how we kind of revamped some things, going into COVID, we had much more of a, a greater kind of variety of things. And it was based on frequency of training. It was based on whether or not they were participating in the nutrition, coaching, et cetera. And so going into COVID back then, we actually had a lot more members. We had closer to 200 members. And the average membership was closer to like a 323 a month. Now, like I said, we're actually closer to more like 120 members. Um, and the average membership is just under 500. So our kind of the way we're working towards it, we're kind of shifting towards this. Um, 600 is kind of like the base every four weeks. That's like the membership of $150 a week is kind of what we've been setting as our, as our uh, kind of go-to point. I think that's really appropriate. It's really uh, fair across the board. It could be more but based on what we offer and we deliver. Of course, it could be more. But um, we're finding that line between setting a fair business that provides great profit and, and does really well from a business standpoint, but is also a more accessible option. And back to like the personal training option, right? It's, it's expensive, right? And I think one of the things I didn't like about, you know, if you're a personal trainer and you have a, a full book, and you're saying, well, how do I make more money? Well, anybody you talk to that's a mentor is going to say, the first thing you do is raise your prices, right? Like we all do. But if you keep raising your prices, sure, you can potentially keep making more money, but you also start to niche yourself into a certain clientele. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. right. And that's okay if that's what you want. But if you're somebody who got into this industry to hurt, to not to hurt, the opposite, to help a certain, <laughs> yeah, let's clear that one out, to help a certain type of person, well, maybe that price range that you keep bumping up to is not going to work for them, right? And so an opportunity for somebody who needs help and is a great client and has the, the will to do the work and is a good fit now kind of gets butted out because your needs and their needs, there's no synergy in that. Um, and that goes back to just building a better system so you can find a better middle ground. Yeah. Uh, Our industry has seen a really, really interesting paradigm shift, whereas to your point and your experience before... So many gym owners were focused on how many bodies can I shove through the door? How many members can I sign up? And it's, it's been a, a change, but a, a fairly welcome one for most gym owners to see, okay, let's pair this back a little bit. Let's find our real core clientele. Maybe we can add on additional services and provide further value to them through nutrition, through supplementation, through recovery services of whatever sort. But we don't need to have four, five, six hundred members to make the revenue goals that we want. We can do it in a fairly typical square footage with a fairly typical membership size and really start to move the needle on revenue. And it's a much better lifestyle 
for the gym owner, for the trainers, for the members, everybody really wins in, in this sort of setting when these things happen. And so it seems like that's the trajectory that you guys are on now. Is that about right? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Um, it's the same journey I think most of us have to go through, right? You kind of have to, yep. you, you, you <laughs> have to be right? You got to be faced with a problem before you realize you got to fix it and solve it. Um, and, but that just takes you back to the point of if we can get the whole industry like you're doing with Jim Lords and get everybody to combine a little bit, get a little bit of better community, you can start learning from other people's mistakes instead of your own. And we can all just get there a little bit faster. It's um, far cheaper that way too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody wants to send me a check, feel, please, please feel free to. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of lessons along the way, but that's, that's ultimately what it was. And like I said, when you kept to our values of the client and the coach being equally important, right? Most situations, we're going to give more and more to the client at sacrificing the coach, right? More and more, right? So if we have coaches who aren't sleeping, aren't having time to eat, can't go hit the head, can't like get their own workout in, then what are we really preaching, right? We kind of build in an industry of uh, hypocrites here. And I don't, I don't like that, right? right? I'm also very selfish and I enjoy my time and I want to be able to go outside. I like those things. Um, I love my work. I love my business, but there are other things I love too. So when I went into it, it was how do I have my cake and eat it too? And really what it's come down to is where you put your focus. And if you pay attention to the ultimate outcome you're looking for and make sure that you're building systems that actually lead it there and make things easier and just be an expert at delegating, eliminating and automating and all those situations and just constantly reverting back to that. Um, you build a system that does work, work better for everybody. And it's not just my life and my coaches' lives that are getting better and better. Our clients, quite literally, year to year, do significantly better. All of our new clients see greater progress. So we obviously know we're doing it right across the board. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so, Jack, I mean, a lot of gym owners find themselves in this constant hamster wheel of trying to get to that point, trying to get to that point. We always talk about once we get to capacity, then what? You guys are, are actually getting there and, and putting this into practice. And so... What comes next? There you go. I mean, part of it is kind of what we said just before we started this was going into COVID, we were at capacity in a different way. Um, but I was not happy with the business. I didn't enjoy it. So on paper, it was doing really well and everything was fine and members were pouring in. Um, but the fulfillment and the satisfaction and everything was not there, right? And the lifestyle I was looking for was not there. Um, and that's not just me. It's, we'll say I speak on behalf of coaching staff. So part of it is when you do feel like you're reaching to that point of capacity is there's a cool line that says, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, how fast you can climb that ladder. If the ladder's on the wrong wall. You're going to end up in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> so sometimes it, it, you know, it's important when you're reaching that point to take a step back and first adjust if you're reaching the pinnacle that you were hoping for, right? Because then you get to make some adjustments. Well, Does it remember well. you get, it gets a little harder to say no to people, you know, the more you have it, right? We feel success. You obviously want to keep going with it. Um, but first is assessing, is this really what I wanted? And then number two, after that, which is what we did in COVID. And when we came back, we were able to make all those adjustments. And now we have a business that we're much more proud of and, and we enjoy. And uh, I went from dreading going to the gym to now I'm, happy going into the gym and we get on calls and I, I'm able to be there to actually support my members much better. Now we get to look to 
the future. And there's, you know, it's been seven years and outside of being an entrepreneur for the most part, well, inside of being an entrepreneur too, every seven years, people tend to like want to do something different, right? Um, things need to evolve, right? There's this cycle that we all go through. And so our business is kind of reaching a point where at the end of this year, we should be at a point where we've kind of really tested all of our systems to make it sustainable across the board, which allows myself and, um, you know, anybody who wants to kind of maybe progress into other areas, we have the opportunity to do so without sacrificing the thing that got us there, right? So our foundation was set. So now it really kind of comes down to, well, what, what do you want to do is what I ask myself. And, um, you know, my current excitement and passions is twofold. There's what's next for the gym. And as I said, we're reaching capacity. So we kind of run into this problem of, well, more members isn't going to do it. So that goes back to the other adage of, well, okay, how do we either get more, um, more income from the same number of members, right? What are the services we can offer or what potential services that are very close to what we do? So it's really appropriate and it's a good transition. And we already have a lot of systems to support it. So we don't have to start entirely over. What services can we offer that is a slight askew of what we do now that can kind of be like a feeder program? Um, so this is something that anybody out there, if you guys are trying it, let me know how it's worked for you. But what we talked about earlier was the idea of, you know, our, our, our gym itself, our, our in-house gym, it does require a certain level of commitment from people, right? We kind of expect people to be there three days a week. We're doing nutrition coaching with them. There's daily check-ins. There's weekly lessons. There's a lot, right? Now, it's all the support and help that we want to be able to give somebody, and we're offering it as, as well as we can, but not everybody is ready for that level of a commitment. So if we can create a program that is a slightly watered down, even simpler version of what we do for somebody to take advantage of before they join a gym. So it could be getting the basics of nutrition, which you don't need a gym to do. You can learn how to take control of your eating, learn how to build the habits to support you in your lifestyle, get yourself to sleep, get yourself feeling good, get yourself feeling like, all right, now I actually want to go do something great. So why don't we start with, why don't you get outside and go for a walk? Or do you have hobbies that, hobbies that you like? Do you want to pick up a sport, right? Do something that's enjoying, um, gives you joy because exercise in itself, building strength, all that stuff. But yeah, that is essential for somebody to stay strong long-term. But if you hate it, then you're probably not going to be able to sustain it, right? So if we can find a way for people, you know, to constantly see how this fits into their life, as opposed to them having to kind of fit a certain mold one way or another, or have some kind of, you know, marketed specific name to their diet, specific name to how they work out, uh, just work out with whatever works for you, right? And then as you, if you have specific goals, that's when your approach needs to get a little more specific. But most people in general population, they all want the same thing, right? They want to get a little stronger. They want to build some muscle. They want to lose some weight. They want to have the energy to go through their day. They don't want to be stressed all the time. Um, so we really bleed over into the kind of life management side of things and helping people get to the point where they can live life to the fullest, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of where we're going. So some kind of feeder program like that would be ideal. Um, we'll test it. We'll see if we like that idea. I kind of talked to you about why it's maybe not the maybe wouldn't work. Um, but that's probably where, where we'll, where we'll go next. Yeah. yeah. It's always really important. We talk about the, the natural chain of 
the client journey and trying to upsell or ascend into yeah. the higher programs. But if we can start that journey at an earlier point, we can provide more value and, and it's better for the business in terms of sheer dollars and cents in the long run as well. And so it's an interesting thought experiment to go the opposite way to try to start even earlier. But uh, I think one that may be really, really necessary here, especially just from a societal perspective of 18 months of a lot of people pretty inactive. And, and so we're at an interesting need for this sort of starter pack, if you will, of, of fitness and health. And so I'm sure that, that you'll find a way to have success and like any other product or service that we offer in the industry, launch it, see what the response is, tweak it and adjust it and move forward from there. And so Jack, that's probably a pretty good place for us to, to start to wrap this thing up. But for people interested in learning a little bit more about Forge and, and what you guys do, is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people find you? Yeah, so most of our, our website and everything is tailored towards the client side of things, but I do have an Instagram like everybody else. It's uh, Forge Coach Jack. Um, I've been a little stagnant on my posts quite some time, but over the next month or so, part of this year will be me uh, talking a little bit more about this side of stuff. As I said, my, my interest is a little bit more on the side of how do we help, just like how I'm trying to find like more of a feeder program for our clients. Well, you know, there's a lot of mentorships that are out there for people that are running businesses and not ultimately seeing what they want to, what they want to see. Right. So I'm a big fan of, you know, kind of fixing the problem or kind of starting off on a better place so that we could avoid these problems down the hall. Um, so I'd like to spend a lot of time, especially in our local area and the internship that we offer with uh, coaches to help them get a better footing from the start and help them kind of visualize ultimately how this process will look. So hopefully in the next month, you'll see some more posts and things like that but I'm always willing to talk about it, but Forge Coach Jack on Instagram, um, or you can always just shoot me an email at jack at forgecoach.com. And if anybody wants to have basically one of these little podcasts, just hop on a phone and talk things through. I think it's really important for us to get outside of our own little bubbles and see what the rest of the world is doing. Um, it's really easy to stay, you know, you work all day, you're, you're constantly focused on it. Um, it's really important to step out. And when you have the opportunity to and kind of see the bigger picture and see if where you're going is this the right way to go. So yep. that's where you find me. Well, Jack, I think it's, it's to your point, it's really, really important to make sure that we're trending in the direction that we want to trend and, and making sure that the work that we're doing is actually making progress in a direction that's meaningful. And, and so I can't thank you enough for your insight and your perspective when it comes to running your business. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future of forge looks like here as things evolve yet again. And so, man, I, I appreciate your time and, and we'll look forward to talking to you again down the line. Exactly, man. I'm excited to see what it turns into too. All right. So yeah. have a great one. Thank you very much. Very cool. To everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their areas. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of The Gym MPLS in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Joel Eshelman. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, uh, Dominic. I almost just called you Dominique after our you, conversation. Go for but... it. I actually <laughs> I love when people call me Dominique. It's like the utmost, no. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> little, no, like, little, yeah. little behind the scenes jokes there. You guys aren't privy to it, but that's all right. So, uh, Joel, why don't you jump in and uh, <laughs> let's let's give the rundown of what you have your hands in right now. You have a gym, a PT business. Uh, you have um, an, a gym equipment business, a, a software app. Give us the big overview of what you're doing, and then we'll talk about you know how that came to be with the time we have. Oh man, that's a big question. Um, so I started my PT business years ago, oh, 11 years ago, I believe it is now. Um, and out of the necessity of if I was working 100 hours a week for a gym, I could <laughs> put in half that time and probably have some relevance of success. Um, started my PT business, uh, rented space from other gyms. Um, that was kind of when the like the exodus from big boxes started and people were starting to build their own, you know, micro gyms in different areas and found warehouses, yada, yada, yada. Did that for nine years, um, eight, nine years, whatever it is. And um, found myself in a position to buy out the guy I was leasing space from at the time. Um, so I did, and then started the gym MPLS. So I have my training business, which is Apex Personal Training. And then the gym side is the gym Minneapolis or the gym MPLS. Um, so I did that in 2019 in September of 2019 is when I bought out the gym. Things were going great. We we're doing crazy good revenue in the PT side. Um, I modeled a, it's a different model with my gym because I rent space to personal trainers like the facility did previous. And then I have a small membership, uh, that we don't know what the cap is, but we're capping it because we're what I like to call a training first gym. Um, and then so I run space trainers, have the membership and then I have my training business, uh, that started in, like I said, September of 2019, which as most of you listening, probably understand that was probably the worst time to, uh, start a gym. And, you know, we had our kind of re-grand opening party, uh, brought in some local vendors with food and stuff like that. And three days later, my, uh, fiance went into, uh, labor 60 days early and we were in the hospital or the NICU for 30 days with my daughter. Um, she's great. She's fine. Um, got out of the NICU, um, got through the winter sort of, um, I actually got super sick and was out for like a month and got back to what we all know is the pandemic. So, and as we know, it started with in Minneapolis where I am from Minnesota, it started with a two week uh, flatten the curve. Um, so crazily enough, like, you know, it was fine. Then we all, we all thought, you know, two weeks, we'll be back. No big deal. Um, and then it continued. I remember just watching the news, you know, when the governor would come on and push the day, push the day, push the day. And 
you know, I was very thankful um, that my members, my training clients were all very gracious and generous. Uh, but it got to be a point too, where for me, after I came out of this weak funk of like, what am I going to do? Da, 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 da. Um, after I kept getting pushed, I was like, well, an interesting thing had happened. So basically what happened is I was looking for stuff for my clients for those two weeks on the Facebook marketplace. And I was like, what is going on with the price of equipment? And all of a sudden it dinged in my head, right? Things are shut down. It's a pandemic. I had these two 25 pound dumbbells sitting in my storage unit. And I looked at my fiance. I was like, I'm just going to sell these for three bucks a pound. I'll never sell, right? No way. And so I posted them on the Facebook marketplace, 25 pound dumbbells. I had like 45 messages in a matter of like 10 minutes. And some guys like, Hey, I'll send you a, I'll send you a 50% now on Venmo and I'll come pick them up and I'll give you the rest, you know, in cash if you want. I'm like, okay. So he came and got them. They were gone. So I took that money. I didn't have anything else going on. So, um, from, I basically, I took that money, bought something else, marked it up a little bit and kept on going. And then I was like going around my gym and it's like, Oh, we don't need this anymore. We don't need this. And so I started like just posting stuff on the marketplace and I saved like a thousand dollars in like three and a half days or four days or whatever it was. And so I went to my, one of my wholesalers in town. I was like, Todd, I, I have a thousand bucks. Like, what can I buy? And he's like, here, you know, and I bought a thousand bucks worth of things I thought would sell. And my first Adam Facebook marketplace was uh, $10 or cheaper than rogue save on shipping uh, $10 cheaper than rogue save on shipping. So I like literally just, I didn't know what I was doing. I sold all that stuff literally in two days. It was gone. And I made 4k. I was like, Oh, there's something here. And not to get into this, just the story of me selling equipment, but I went from it, it literally, like I said, had nothing else going on. Everybody was at home. Right. So I was driving around to people's houses and buying equipment like on my, on the market. This is all on marketplace, all on marketplace, right? Buying and selling, buying and selling. I ended up having it nine at one point, nine, 10 by 20 storage units. That's, that's where I would sell it out of, oh. uh, full of used equipment. And I mean, it was insane. I, I, I bought, um, like, it's like 30,000 pounds of old metal steel that came out of a local college because the gym was getting redone. And for my um, labor, I paid like 25 cents a pound and I sold it all for an average of 190. And I was sitting on some old milled York. So for those of you who are metal heads, um, old milled York is no matter what, you can charge two, 250 a pound. Guys will drive from God knows where to buy it. You know, like pre-stamp. I've had, I have a weight education just by buying and selling all this used stuff. So anyway, so Stack cash was great. Um, it gave me something to do. And then uh, another gym owner and I kind of partnered up and collaborated and started ordering stuff. He had a connect in China and we started ordering stuff from China. Um, and we were piggybacking containers. And then I don't remember what month it was. I think it was April. No, it wasn't April, June. We ordered our first container, like full container of fitness equipment. And then we ordered our second one. <laughs> and it's interesting. We wanted to get order flow. And we actually, he had a partner, another partner who was actually a big name in the fitness industry. We'll, industry, we'll keep, sold his company, uh, equipment company for supposedly lots of money. And that partnership with him fell through. And so I had like, you know, full, not full reign, but Max and I partnered up to do what we're doing now. And it's, it's literally become 
like one of the hugest parts of what we do when it comes to revenue. But I mean, crazy logistic things. Our, our second container showed up before our first container because we, we thought we were going to do it on a pre-sale business, right? And so, um, sorry, that dinged. I don't know how to turn that off. But anyways, you can edit that out. <laughs> um, so what happens is um, containers, were, we had no idea when they were coming. So we had to literally stop the pre-sale business and just like literally as the containers come, we would sell it as fast as we could. I was selling on Facebook Marketplace. It was just local pickup only. And between Max and I, we did well over a million dollars in sales between the two of us, just in equipment sales alone. Um, from that, um, the question became for me and for him is that one door or one door gets shut off, one light gets shut off. I don't ever want to be stuck with my, you know, with you know my, you know what in my hand, uh, and not have revenue for my family. And so the equipment came along and then, um, we've developed, um, you know, I partner with again, Max, uh, my good friend and gym collaborator. Um, we partner with a company called, um, or it's in a software company that does, uh, has an app that basically uses a bioanalytical survey and then customizes workouts for people based on that. Um, from there, we have, are merging into, um, selling staffing for PTs, uh, into the bigger companies that need it to help them offset their costs of, um, uh, what is it called? I'm sorry, I'm, I lost it earlier with you. Um, the workers' comp claims? Work, workers' comp claims, thank you. So companies that work with like truck drivers and distribution and things like that are a mainstay, but really helping offset those costs because they rise like 70% with COVID. It's gone through the roof. People even sitting at home working, it's, it's insane right now. So that's kind of where we're evolving to. And I know that was a lot of information in a very short period of time of what we're doing because there is a lot that we're doing um, and trying to continu continually evolve into how can we surround fitness and how can we surround it, even if it's not in the gym, like what can we do to create impact in people's lives becoming healthier? um in different ways so you got a few things going on there but the what i kind of pick up on the most is one you you realized as a lot of people did with the pandemic that snap a finger like you said the light can the lights can go out literally or figuratively so all right we we have to be pandemic proof pandemic uh, resistant, whatever you want to call it, but your focus for, you know, you've been in the training world for a long time, you know, health and wellness, fitness are what, you know, are the way you want to impact lives and also where all your connections are. Your business partner is a fellow gym owner. Your software company that you're involved in is in health and wellness, more on the preventative side. Um, but there are areas there that are you've seen opportunities and have part out of necessity, part out of, you know, interest and diversification jumped on them. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, how do you, how do you get into this stuff? You know, I'm a gym owner. I'm so busy, this and that pandemic shut you down. Like you said, you weren't busy at that point. So you're, well, I got to do something and getting this, you know, nice little arbitrage on gym equipment. Cool. That kickstarts you then you say, all right, well, this is worth investing some of my time in. Um, 
and it it seems like it snowballed from there. You don't have any one thing taking up all of your time and attention, which some people might argue, you know, split attention is split results, but it sounds like you've done it in stages where, at least from the outside looking in, you didn't take all these things on at once. You're like, all right, I have this thing going. I have some logistics figured out. Maybe it doesn't require all of the attention, all the work to come from you. You know, you have your partner, you have a software company. Is there any point during this with the overlap with shutdowns in out in the in the different companies where maybe you did a little bit too much too fast or where you didn't have all your ducks in a row so you know there weren't enough hours in a day to do what you needed to do or have you been just super methodical the whole way across no i would say methodical is the least that i was it was a gong show i mean it's just you're it, it, you know you're like you at least in our industry, and I'm sure like the restaurant industry can say this, and it, we're at the mercy of people who, for whatever reason, have whatever agendas that they have. And it's unfortunate that we're caught in that realm. Um, you know, business planning year over year, what can we compare last year over this year? That's, I mean, yes, you can do that, but I'm doing that based on the other things that I've added to this, right? So, and it isn't, necessarily like i love the jack of all trades master of none well that can be argued both ways right but i like to become ultra focused on certain things and at in the last two years it's well what i'm going to spend this much time doing what's paying the bills now right because we all have to pay our bills um and then i have to spend this much time focused on you know concentrated energy on this thing and i think it's all about creating containers um for the needs that are in front of you right and so and i don't do it all i'm not sitting behind a computer developing software i i'm a full like believer in collaboration and partnering with people to move the needle forward my strengths are not the strengths of max so he handles all the ordering and logistics and um, even the bigger quotes for big gym orders and stuff like that. I'm responsible for the equipment sales for retail sales within the, um, within the city or within, you know, the state or whatever it may be. And then we collaborate on the things that are, that we're shipping out. You know what I mean? So if I get a buddy of mine who's a gym owner and wants a boatload of equipment or a buddy who, you know, we did a, a big home gym thing down in South Carolina for a really good friend of mine, you know, it was like a $15,000 order. Max handles that. I just bring people to the table so I don't have to sit in front of doing things I'm not, is not my strength. Um, I'm a doer. Uh, like, it's just my nature. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean I don't think about it. I'm just very resourceful when it comes to finding the people that I need to find to help me get what I need to do done, if that makes sense. So I don't know if that answers the question, but if as far as myth, like... Was there any method to my madness? No, it was just a lot of madness. And then finding out methods that worked along the way. So a lot of trial and, area, tri tri trial and error, a lot of screw ups. We do extractions. And I can't tell you how many times I've said yes to things that I would never say no to, or never say yes to now. I just did it the other day. Um, trying to fit fitness equipment in doors that were not made to be fit in is not fun. Um, things like that. I've screwed up not ordering enough, a big enough truck or not having enough guys on, you know, to extract things. 
I've, I've done it. I've made every mistake possible, but we're learning, you know, we've learned a lot as well. And there's, there's a whole nother side of the fitness industry, which is the equipment side. And my thing was, you know, everybody went online right away. Well, you're going to do online programs. You're going to, and they gave them away for free of all things to do when you, your income gets shut off. It's let me give you my information for free. I thought that was so dumb and just personally, but my question was like, okay, all these people are going to be doing home equipment. Well, who's going to, or home workouts, like who's going to get them their equipment. And that's why you've seen the rise of the home gym. It doesn't matter what state you're in because people are sick and tired of getting shut down. They're sick and tired of wearing masks. They're sick and tired of uh, people quitting or their favorite trainers going this way or their gym shutting down. So they sit and they're working from home. So everything's changed coming out of this, hopefully um, to the rise of the home gym. The most, everybody wanted a new space when they're buying all these houses for their home gym. That was the biggest question. So I saw an opportunity and it's like the guy who sells the lemonade stands, right? Who's going to get the guy the lemons. Yeah, so absolutely. that's what that's, and that's how my mind works. So yeah, I know it was a little off track on your question, but yeah, but there was no method. It was, it was nuts. The method came after. Got it. So ready, fire, aim. Yeah. Like, let's just go. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So I want to, uh, I think one of the things that's going to tie really heavily into that now is time management. So some of these questions, you know, or some of the things like as far as apex goes, you just have trainers that work for you. Are you in a gym doing any training at all anymore? I actually am. So it's crazy. Um, my schedule's evolved in the last two years and it's changed in the last 11 years. It's changed. I'm also an obsessive golfer. And then now I have a daughter and a fiance and all that stuff too. So I'm really trying to manage my time. Well, um, as long as I'm home to, or to be able to pick up my daughter by four from daycare, I'm generally good. So like I had the last summer, it was like the hours between 10 and four, I could play golf um, if I wanted to, so I get a bunch of work done and I had like, you know, I had people working for me, running groups, doing this, doing that. So, but you know, with this employment charter, I'm actually back in the gym training some, and I'm actually loving it again. Um, cause that was the whole idea in the first place. Right. But I felt out of love, like just, and it wasn't anything that I was, it wasn't about what I was doing. It was like, it's just, you weren't able to do it consistently. So it felt like not my clients are a waste of time or anything like that, but I could be making more of an impact doing other things. And so now we're at a place where um, if, if there's any trainers listening here and you want to move to Minneapolis uh, and train in the mornings, I'm here. Um, <laughs> but it's finding really good people to do what we do because we personalize everything for people. So it's a little bit different approach. But so I'm training in the mornings, but I actually started on this not on purpose. Having a two-year-old will uh, change the way you sleep. Um, and so I've started getting up at like 2, 33 o'clock in the morning and I do my morning routine and then I get my workout in and then I do work and I get like an hour and a half of super productive work done before I even start with my clients at 6.30 and I get my workout in and my morning routine, which like before it was like, non-existent right and i've been never been more productive than i have when i started working at like or woke up at like 2 33 o'clock in the morning it's really weird to, i had to learn not to respond to texts that i got like the night before at like 8 30 at 2 30 in the morning you know because those people yeah. get really pissed off um so that i'm i am spending a little bit more time training because we've had a huge influx in clientele and i i have that's a, just another like 
not a problem. It's just another challenge um, that I need to find a solution for. And so that's what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm still building that side of the business because I'd like to get it back to a place where it's $45,000, $50,000 a month coming through. And then now I have the equipment. Now we can focus on the, you know, the software, you know, getting into the places, you know, and the staffing stuff too. Um, but then finding the right people in place to support the side because it's still going to be the base of everything else. And so, yeah. So on the, on the gym side, you don't have a shortage of clients. You have a shortage of trainers right now. So that's really the, that's the bottleneck right now. Right. I have a shortage of trainers working for APEC. So the trainers in the gym, um, I think we rent space to eight trainers right now, or we could always use more, but we're only 7,000 square foot space too. So we want to make sure that we're being respectful to everybody to make sure that everybody can train their clients and they can grow their businesses. Um, but yeah, for that, that small space, we, we do, we run it, we run it pretty well. Yeah. So as far as that mo part of the model goes, and I almost skipped over this, but it's something a lot of people um, take one or two sides on. Are you a trainers pay flat rate rent model or are you a revenue share model for your trainers? Not that, not that are under Apex, but that rent or that mm -hmm. have their own business inside uh, the gym. Um, so it's not revenue share. Um, it's basically a flat rate based on clientele. So how many clients you have? Because I didn't want to say I only want trainers with 50 clients, right? I want mm -hmm. trainers. I wanted to be a place where a trainer could grow their business and we're not taking everything. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a place, but, and still obviously turn a profit. Actually, when I started this, I didn't care if the gym itself actually turned a profit because the training was a profit, right? My training business was a profit. But when you watch that, you lose 90% of that, then you're going, oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's based on how many clients you have is how much you pay per month. And then they have a choice whether they pay 20 bucks per head per month per client they have, or their client can get a membership for a half price at the gym. And then their members of the gym, they can use the gym outside of um, training with their trainer. So I was going to ask, how do you track how many clients a trainer has? Do you have them run their billing through you or is it sort of an honor system? It's an honor system at this point. If it's ever been an issue, I'm pretty quick to, I mean, I'm going to know. It's just it, like, I'm, if someone's really going to lie to me about 15 clients, I'm going to know that, you know what I mean? This is going to be, it's just, I, I try to surround myself with good people. And so if someone's, but that, if someone's going to be dishonest with me, it's a quick cut, right? So they're not my employee. So they're a contractor who's renting space for me. It is, yeah, bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, and it says more about them and it's a conversation. You know, the things do, do come up because, in, but here on the flip side of that, it's something I realized in this. I've been in predicaments where, you know, there's a mesh of new people or a mesh of a new trainer coming in. You know, is he going to be a fit? Da, 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 da it's still there's still things right but i also had to think i've learned this that i have to think it's not just about that trainer being dishonest it's also about his clients probably don't know that they're he's dishonest right and then these people really like the gym and they're like coming in to train there and so i've had to i haven't had anybody be dishonest on that side um but just with other issues i have to explain to people that hey it's not just about us. It's also like we can work on the relationship between us and the trainer. We also need to think about 
the perception that's had by, you know, their clients as well, because they re may really love this place and think nothing is wrong. And all of a sudden he doesn't have a place to train. That's 15 people that have a bad taste in their mouth. Cause I'm sure we're not going to get the good end of that story. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean that I just give in. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I don't want a bad name out there, but is this, is this a, a solution? Can we find a solution to this and resolve it and move forward? And one thing is you put a bunch of people in a gym, it's a bunch of egos, right? So it's just, a, all it is, is when you a bunch of trainers in a gym, it's just meshing the egos together and making sure that it can all work itself out. And yeah. Yeah. And the other part of that, that I think that you and I being around enough trainers in our, in our careers would know that if somebody's underreporting or they could be overreporting, um, trainers by nature are not clerical personalities. So I think you might have, if anything, there might be more issues with trainers not having or knowing their numbers or having, having a good handle on their admin side of things more than them intentionally being dishonest. And I, I love that you pointed out if there is, if there is a, a possibility, because in some instances you can't prove whether someone's being deliberately dishonest or not, but you see there's an opportunity, a little bit of mentoring, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of hey, I see this, what's going on? Because you you realize I'm not burning one bridge here, it's 15 or 20 and there's Google, there's Yelp, there's Facebook and mm -hmm. a client is gonna take their coach's side most of the time. That's the only side they're gonna hear and all of a sudden they're telling everybody like, hey, I was training at you know the, the gym, MPLS and all of a sudden they fired my coach because I don't know. They didn't like his sneakers, you know, whatever the, whatever that story turns into. So mm -hmm. quick to quick to address it, but not quick to just sever ties and make somebody a bad guy, I think are, are very different. And I'm sure that that probably had to come from a little bit of trial and error there. Like, Ooh, maybe could have handled that better next time I'm going to, I'm going to do this or somebody pointing it out. So I love that you, you kind of dove a little bit deeper into that. So that's, that's cool. So we are nearing the end of our time here, which sucks because there's probably a million other things that we could dive into, but I really, I just want to get, go a little bit open form for a couple minutes for you because you have multiple ventures going on. You've been in the training, you know, fitness industry for a long time. Uh, you have these different businesses. Um, so kind of a two-part question, you know, is, have you had um, something that you call a, a driving force or a guiding principle, something that's, you know, led you to be able to hang on and motivate you to try all these different things? And does that translate into something, any type of lesson or advice you, you'd want to share with our audience that might sound, maybe might sound like something you tell younger you or, or, you know, if you could hop in a time machine and do things different, like, what does that look like for you? There's going to be some instances where you're like, shit, I wish I knew this sooner, or this is, you know, this is why I get up and kick ass in the morning. Like, You know, it's interesting because I have gotten to a place in my life where I've accepted and become grateful for everything that has happened in my life, good or bad, because I wouldn't be who I am today if those experiences with whether it's people or in business or, well, my people, my business is people or, you know, up until now, um, it, the good, the bad times have taught me lessons. 
the good times have been great. Obviously, you have to have those. But and I, to the point, well, leave people is like, if you're going to do this business, and it's not dead, I will say, I think the gym business has come back, and the personal training business is going to come back bigger and badder than ever. Because when people realize that the gyms are safe, and they've always have been, if people are doing the right things, anyways, this, stay in this industry because coming out of it, people are more unhealthy than they've ever been. And there's a smaller percentage of people who can really do it at home and, and motivate themselves to do it. What I also say is fail hard and fail fast. And there's nothing wrong with failing and be open, not like the entrepreneurial squirrel thing, but be open to different things that keep your head in the game and multiple streams of revenue. And that, like I said to you, before that doesn't mean and i'm not against network marketing but joining the next network marketing company and trying to like think bigger think bigger than that like where do you see that like take time to think where do you see the industry going maybe not even the industry but health and wellness as a whole and how can you impact change moving forward as we move into this new whether you believe it's post or it's going to continue whatever uh pandemic covid whatever related things like start thinking beyond that um and bigger <laughs> on the flip side, find the niches, right? Find the niches. Nothing I'm doing right now is like big, like what we want to do with it is you hear the explosion thing coming out of my mouth, but it's, but it's, it's niche with a big idea behind, you know what I mean? With a big, not big idea. It's a small idea actually with a big possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think the, uh, the niche idea with a big market or a big potential market is is a winning combination or seems to be in a lot of a lot of areas these days because there are so many people with so much reach that if you're not super specialized it's hard to be super good and there's so much competition and the world is so small the internet that if you're not really good you're probably going to get blown out of the water before you have a chance mm -hmm. Awesome. 100%. Well, we are at the end of our time here. Last thing before I let you go, uh, for anybody listening, whether it's uh, other business owners that, that want to reach out to you, maybe some trainers that want to come to the Twin Cities, anybody looking for any of your ventures, hit us. Give me all the websites, social media, any place you want people to, to look for you. Oh, my gosh. So you can- Do you have a uh, list? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Joel Eshelman. Um, there's the gym MPLS. You can reach me at joel at the gym MPLS.com, which is my email. Um, let's just go there. Let's keep it there. If you, yeah. if you find, let's keep Joel, it simple. find yeah. Joel you on find Instagram me? and then the rest can, can go from there. Slide into my DMS. There you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll chat. So you heard me on the gym Lord podcast and we'll get chatting. Awesome. Uh, I always respond. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, you know the deal. We appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this segment. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you every time a new episode drops. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form, someone from the team will reach out, we'll get you on. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, 
Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Craig from Elite Force Martial Arts in Florida. What's up, Craig? How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. All righty. So let's jump into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? So, um, well... Rewind back to 1987, I was kind of a chubby 10-year-old kid who was uh, getting bullied a lot and didn't have the confidence to stand up for myself, fight back. In fact, got so bad, um, my dad used to bring his work truck down to the bus stop and I'd wait in the truck with him while the bus came so I didn't have to interact with the kids. And this was frustrating to my dad because he's kind of a tough guy. And uh, and that led me or them to putting me in martial arts. Um, and that was right around the time when the Karate Kid was huge. It was the mid eighties. It was, uh, you know, and it, that was just kind of the, the, the thing to do and fell in love with it as a kid and, you know, knew early on, I wanted to be a black belt. Soon after that, I thought, man, this is what I want to do. And I was fortunate that I had uh, an instructor at the time who not only was great at the martial arts and developing instructors, but he was great at the business side also. And um, as I got older and I was teaching part-time through high school and full-time through college, you know, just learned more about it. And, um, and then that led me to, after, after about five years of working for AT&T and teaching part-time, I said, man, you know, this is really what I want to do. I'm not passionate about AT&T. I, I, I want to make a bigger impact. And right. um, so then, you know, started talking to him and um, he had moved to Florida and started a school. And he says, Craig, if you're going to do it, man, Florida's the place. And uh, so, and that, that's where it was. So I sold my house, quit my job. Uh, my parents thought it was crazy, you know, um, and uh, sold my motorcycle, just trying to minimize everything in life. And off I went. Awesome. I left uh, the day. In fact, I, I remember the day before I left, it was 30 below zero with the wind chill. Uh, and that was a Saturday and Sunday my U-Haul was packed up and I was like gone with the wind man yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah definitely don't blame you very relatable there uh yeah. definitely a, a better situation down there in Florida especially as weather goes um so now it was kind of the passion for yeah. 
you know, martial arts and your own experiences that kind of led you to wanting to own your own facility and impact more lives in that way. So now what does your business model currently look like? How do you structure things within your facility? Are we doing group classes, one-on-one training, semi-private sessions? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So we run uh, about 40 classes per week in our main school. All of them are group classes. Um, we, we teach pretty much from 3.30 or 4 o'clock up to about 8.30, 9 o'clock. We do privates, uh, but we don't do them in a sense that I have students that only train privately. We do private lessons when our students need a little extra help to get back on track with their progress or they need to, um, you know, get caught up for some reason, they were out for a long period of time, and we, we use it um, as that, we use private lessons as that, but everything is group. Um, they pay a, a, you know, a monthly membership, and then they can come as often as they want. Um, <clears throat> we used to do some morning classes pre-COVID, and, um, and then after COVID, when we came back, uh, fortunately, Florida was only shut down about two months. Yeah. And um, when we came back, there just didn't seem to be a huge need for that. So everything's been in the afternoon and we use the daytime to uh, really focus on the sales and marketing and, and internal operations to make sure things run smoothly while. Um... We, we froze there for a minute. <laughs> okay. I was wondering what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We froze there. The, the connection was lost. It just went silent for a moment there. So, uh, it um, yeah. It, I um, yeah. Okay. I'm good now. I saw that it said my interconnection, internet connection was a little unstable. So, oh, okay. but no, no, it's good now. So we should be okay. Uh, okay. But good. I'm not sure what you heard, but basically, yeah, classes all afternoon and evening were. 50% adults were 50% kids. Uh, so we have kids eight from four years old up to our, our most mature student we ever had was 74. Mm -hmm. And uh, him and he was 74. His wife was 69 when they got their black belt. So that was, that was kind of a cool, uh, that's awesome. Cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, For you know, sure. The, you know, working in the gym business, the people you meet are phenomenal, you know, yes. and, uh, you know, we've got one family that um, we have three generations of black belts. You know, we have the, we had a family enroll and both the, the husband and wife and their kids got their black belts. Well, after they've been in about three, four months, um, Nancy invited her parents to do it. Well, they end up training the second degree black belt too. So you yeah, just develop some, you, you know, being in the gym business, you can develop some really great relationships with really great people. And yes. um, we've been fortunate there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and change their lives too, for the better. And that's so rewarding. And that's uh, a large part of, you know, why we do what we do. Why we so. do yeah. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. All right. So now within the facility, so you do, you have two facilities currently, right? Yes. Okay. Now within the facilities, how many members are you serving at each facility? So our main location, we're at 350 members. Um, and we're, we're half and half. Um, that one we've had for, it'll be 19 years, June 1st. The second location we opened up, and the second location I have uh, a couple business partners in, and that one is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu location. That's got 125 members. It's a much smaller operation, kind of a, a satellite school. Mm -hmm. uh, that one is probably about 80% adults and 20% kids. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and, um, so now... You've been around for quite some time. So obviously 
there are some things that you're doing that are working and you've got quite a few members within that main facility. So how are you going about marketing? How do you acquire new members? Uh, are you doing any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google? What does that mm -hmm. marketing piece look like? Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we've always been kind of a grassroots uh, type of type of operation in that, um, you know, we're very involved in the community. Um, we're in the, the town where it's is called Lighthouse Point, and it's surrounded by Deerfield Beach, Pompano Beach, Boca. Uh, but we're very involved in the community. So we do um, PTA fundraisers with eight schools. That, that generates a lot of activity for us. Um, I write a, an article in a local magazine that's distributed to Lighthouse Point, Deerfield, and Pompano. So I write a, a monthly article that you know, kind of establishes us as a, as a, uh, a you know, legitimate, a, kind of a, a, an expert in the area, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of uh, promotional booths and events. We'll do uh, fundraisers for, I'm part of the Deerfield Beach Kiwanis Club. So we do a lot of fundraisers, which just keeps us out there. Um, we do Facebook advertising. We do Google AdWords. Um, we're really big on collecting reviews. I think our Google reviews are up to like 350. Wow. And uh, I, we get a ton of people that will, will come in and just say, man, I saw all your reviews. I just, I knew it was a good place to go. Or I've been reading your article for, for months and, you know, and, and definitely wanted to check it out. So, um, you know, we do that. Our biggest is definitely a referral. Um, and, our, you know, our referral philosophy is we don't ask for referrals, we earn them. And um, I have a mentor who, who, when he told me that, you know, he said that in an event, it was kind of like a mic drop moment. It was like, wow, you know, and so, you know, we're, we really put a lot of emphasis on our current members in, in developing those relationships and we'll hold internal events such as, in fact, that was before we met today, I was just brainstorming over some ideas for marketing, but we'll do a, a lot of events like buddy weeks. We'll do a, a you know, a board breaking day where people can bring friends We've done um, we've done adult Halloween parties where we've had 80 adults, you know, DJ on the floor, you know, a little bar area in the back, and That's awesome. you know, just people having fun. Yeah, and, right. and uh, we we set off an alarm and the fire department showed up, but that was you know, but they were just jealous they couldn't they couldn't join the party. Yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> but um, so you know, we do a lot of a, a lot of internal events. We'll do a parents' night out where um, you know on a Saturday night, parents will bring their kids to the dojo for a couple hours, and we will you know have some kind of activity for the kids to do a movie night or games, and then sometimes we'll even have all the parents meet at a local restaurant, and we'll get our adult students there. We'll get the parents there, and of course the adult students are talking up the program to the the parents who aren't training yet and uh, influencing them. So. We do a lot of a lot of social events and things where where we we want people to develop relationships with people other than just the staff, because right. you know when what we found is that it's it's great if we have a great relationship with the student, but if you show up for class and you see ten of your friends, you know you're going to kind of hold each other accountable. You're going to say, "Hey, Bree, when are you, when are you coming in next Tuesday? Okay, you want to partner up?" And so we're we're really big. Um, one of our strategies actually in our classes is when we partner up to do partner drills, we constantly change it up. And we, we do that on purpose because we want people to get to know other people right. and develop those friendships. So, you know, we, we, we want to be the, the, the friendliest place in town, the, the 
the most positive place in town. Um, you know, one of our, this may sound silly, but uh, I don't know if you remember the show Cheers from the 80s. Mm -hmm. Remember that show? Well, yes. remember the big guy, Norm, and every time he walked in, the whole bar would go, Norm, right? And, right. And that, as a business owner, kind of made an impact on me. I'm like, well, no wonder the guy showed up for 11 years. He got greeted like that when he walked in. So right. one, of the, one of our marketing strategies is everybody gets a greeting every time they walk in, you know? Whether it's like, hey, Bree, how's it going? Or maybe it's just a gesture or a wave or a, you know, a wink or just something, a smile, something right. where everybody knows they're acknowledged and we're glad that they're there. You know, yes. you can't always, you know, go up to them. You know, we try to when we can and give them a hug. But, you know, every parent that's there watching, every sibling, we want to know everybody's name. Um, you know, again, cheers, you know. Every, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, right? And, right. Uh, so we're, we're really big on, um, on making people feel important. You know, Mary Kay Ash said, everybody wears a sign on their head that says, make me feel important. Yes. And, and we remember that. And, you know, nothing makes people feel better than you remembering their name. And, yes, absolutely. And, and so, you know, we, we, those types of things um, are a lot of work. But yet, at the same token, it's so rare to see that in, in other businesses that it really makes us stand out. Um, a couple of years ago, actually, right before COVID hit, the city of Lighthouse Point gave me their Keeper Award, which is like a key to the city. And so that was a, that was a really nice, nice honor. And, and obviously, that put us out in front of a lot of people in the community. So. But that's that's really our approach. It's it's we certainly do the digital side. We, we you know we post on Instagram and Facebook and you know just like everybody does and emails and texts and all that. Uh, but I think where we really thrive is making people feel like they're part of a family. You know? Right. Yeah. And creating a culture that everybody you know wants to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. I mean that's a huge part of it. Uh, people are excited to come in. You know, it's the best part of their day. They look forward to it all day. That's what you 100%. want. You 100%. want that community, that family aspect. It feels like an extension of family. So yeah. that's yeah. a very yeah. important piece to focus on. And like you said, the little things like making sure that you're greeting everybody that walks through the door, knowing yeah. little details about their life, their kids' names, or, you know, what they're up to, what they have going on, their job, you know, whatever it might be, little yeah. details like that really go a long way as far as building long-term relationships with people. Yeah, so, and, and that's how you earn referrals, you know. We, yes. we, we don't have to go up and say, hey, do you know anybody that would like to train? But, you know, we, we give them passes. We say, hey, if you know anybody, um, you know, bring them in. If they end up enrolling, you get a free month of, of lessons with us. So, or you can use the money to pro shop. But Really, we just try to just develop the relationship and just give them opportunities to invite people in. Uh, and, and that just seems to work really well because right now we're seeing 85 to 90 percent of our new members are coming from referral. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that's important. You know, the, the outreach, we just got done doing a, uh, a series of bully defense workshops at one of the local schools and that brought us in three appointments, you know, yeah. not to mention just developing stronger relationships with the teachers and the principal and, you know, getting them to really see us as a resource for them, not just somebody who's just trying to, you know, grow their business, but somebody who wants to go out and make an impact and, and, right. and you know, change people's lives and, and give those kids the confidence that I didn't have as a kid, but martial arts gave me. And that's pretty cool. 
you know, Definitely. so um, that, that, that was really fun. We, we love doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now also on the on the marketing side of things, having this is something that I talk about pretty often is is having multiple poles in the water at a time. As far as marketing goes, not being super reliant on one area over the other, just because sometimes everybody's kind of uh, reluctant about paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, things of that nature. A lot of the time, just because it can be complex, but once Mm -hmm. you figure it out, you're good to go. And that can be a huge game changer in the business. But um, so, I mean, if, if one thing kind of slows down like your referrals for example those are great and we love referrals obviously these people Mm -hmm. come in they're pretty much ready to sign up they fit our community it's it's perfect those are the perfect leads however it's not something that you can fully rely on all the time it's not something that you can track it's not really predictable Mm -hmm. right because one month you might get 20 referrals the next Mm -hmm. month you might get five and there's no real way to to gauge that obviously we can look at averages but um um, on the, the paid side of things, it's easier to track things and say, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of people walk through the door. And yeah. then based on your conversion rate, it's easy to plan how many members you can see yourself taking in on a monthly mm-hmm. basis. So that when we're looking at growth of the business makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier for planning purposes. And then those referrals, word of mouth kind of leads that you've got coming in are just supplemental and like icing on the cake essentially yeah 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 yeah. i think you hit the nail on the head you know we um i think jay abraham talks about the the parthenon you know and and down here in florida when we go to the beach there's the pier and you see you know it's it's not one 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 uh pillar holding up the pier but it's multiple pillars pillars and you know when you look at everything from you know social media print ads, uh, referrals, internal events, external events, community outreach, uh, the article in the magazines, you know, and, and all getting all of those things to work together. And like, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. There, there's not 20 ways, or there's not one way to enroll 20 new members, but there's 20 ways to enroll one. Yes. And, and if you can just do that, um, you know, then you're going to be good, you know, and, and, Fortunately, where we where we thrive is is retention. So once we get them in the door, you know, we, we joke around. We're like, you know, Elite Force is like the mafia. There's one way out. No, yeah, but we're joking, of course. But you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's where we really thrive on. You know, really just trying to be fair with people. You know, and and really serve them and 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 putting their needs ahead of ours. And when you do that consistently with enough people, it just harbors such a such a uh, tremendous loyalty, you know, where they they want to be loyal to you. They want to promote you because you, they see that you're just not in it for a buck, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to make money. There, that's yeah. you know, there's no shame in that. I mean, you know, everybody needs to put food on the table. However, when you can treat people in a way where they see, wow, it's not just about that. You know, they know our name. They care. You know. Um, so, like one of our marketing strategies is. Um, let's just say that, uh, you know, you bought a new house, right? And well, what we'll do is we'll go out and buy you a gift card to Home Depot or Lowe's. We'll write a little handwritten note and just say, hey, Brie, congrats on the new house. We wish you a lifetime of health, wealth, and happiness. Thank you for being a part of Daily Force family. 
Shanna Haley and the team. And, you know, you do that. Um, somebody gets a new car. We send them a, a gas card from Wild Wife. Somebody has a new baby. We'll send them a Target gift card. We actually have little um, Elite Force Martial Arts onesies made. My, my wife Aww. had that idea. And I thought that was, you know, and those are, again, you know, do those happen, you know, 50 times in a month? Of course not. But, you know, it happens two or three. And if you keep your ears open and then you see, oh, so-and-so just moved. So-and-so's pregnant. So-and-so just bought a new house. Somebody, you know, or somebody got injured. You know, maybe a kid broke his leg doing something. And we, you know, send them a, a little gift through Amazon just to say, hey, we miss you. We'll see you back in a couple months, you know. Um, right. You know, th those things. I, I remember an adult student who's kind of a, you know, he's like a, a Bruce Lee fan. And he had injured his shoulder, I believe. He was going to be out for two or three months. And so I found this collector's edition book on Bruce Lee and I, I sent it to him. I mean, you would have thought that I gave him a check for a million bucks. He was so yeah. happy and the amount of people he told. So just, I think things like that, where you can add a, a personal contact, that personal touch, I think that that goes a long way with people. Yes, yes, definitely. That's a, a great tip there. Uh, especially, like you said, it's not something that happens 50 times a month, but little yeah. things here and there that really make a, a large impact. Yeah. So, you know, the, have you heard of the law of 250? Are you familiar with that? I'm not, no. So, I mean, uh, there's a guy that I study. I'm actually rereading one of his books right now. His name is Joe Girard, and he's in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's greatest salesman. Okay. We froze up. Can you hear me at all? All right. There we Sorry go. <laughs> Thank God for uh, mobile uh, hotspots, right? Right? Yeah, that's okay. That. Normally, our internet, we don't have too much problems with it, but of course, right, when we're in the middle, but um, I, know, I don't right? know, you know, but um, are we good? Can we keep going? Yeah, yeah, nice? we can just hop right back in. We can just piece okay. it together. So, you know, basically what I was just um you know, Joe Girard, the world's greatest salesman, you know, he had, he had, um, he had his law of 250 and basically he had, he had gone to a wedding, was talking to the wedding planner and he said, you know, like, what's the average size wedding? And he goes, oh, about 250. And then a few months later, he was attending the funeral and talking to the guy that ran the funeral uh, business and said, you know, what, how many people at, you know, on average come to a funeral? He goes, oh, about two, 250. And so Joe realized that every time he had an interaction with somebody that could potentially get to 250 people if it was a positive interaction and of course if it was a negative and we know negative news spreads a whole lot faster so you know right. now with the internet and, and social media that those messages can travel so quickly so you know we really try to leverage that that law of 250 and and um <clears throat> you know really uh try to make as many positive impressions on people as we possibly can Yes, yes, absolutely. Super important piece there. So this time of year is big for planning and looking at where we're looking to go for the new year. So what are your main focuses within the business for 2022? Yep. So we have uh, we have three rocks that we're that we're focused on. By the end of quarter one, we want to see our, our membership go up to uh, 375 members. All right, we're at 350 now. So we want to see in the main school, we want to see, we want to net at least 25 members over the next 90 days. Because obviously, like any business, you're going to lose some, you gain some. Um, our other big focus is 
um, uh, maximizing the, the student value. So, you know, students will pay, uh, you know, $189 a month, but we want to see that, that, you know, even with discounts and people that might pay in full or whatever, we want to see that student value climb to $200 per, per member. So, mm -hmm. you know, that we can see our, our average monthly gross climb into the, you know, the high 60s, low 70s uh, per month. And that would be, would be, um, those are some of our main focuses. Mm -hmm. And then we're cleaning up some of our internal operations, um, things that our instructors do kind of, you know, behind the scenes instructor training, tightening up some areas to see that the classes are run the way we want to see them ran. So right. those are kind of our, our big focus right now. And obviously we're, we've got the marketing plan behind it that we think will, will make an impact and will work. Yes, so. definitely. Awesome. But, yeah. I'd love to hear that. Looking, looking to grow, always looking for, yeah. uh, you know, to, to take it a little further impacts, more people provide a better level of service every day. Yeah. So love to hear yeah, that. I think so. You know, I mean, I, I think if you're not growing, I think Pat Riley said, if you're, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're sliding back and exactly. mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're constantly not sitting back on our laurels, but, you know, pushing and still trying to strive and grow. And, and, uh, and I think that that's, um, it just keeps it fun, you know. Yes. No, I I don't know, but I I like having goals in front of me, and one of my core values is growth. And I want to know that as an entrepreneur, I'm growing. As a, as a martial artist, I'm growing. As a husband, I'm growing. As a father, as a as a you know a, a team leader, a boss, you know. I want to know that, that that there's progress happening because you know progress leads to happiness. You know, when 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 things are going well. And we're seeing growth and progress that we get excited about that as humans. Yes. So right. that's important to me to keep that keep that trajectory going up. Yeah, absolutely. Stay in momentum and and keep improving just yeah. in all areas. So 100%. yeah, absolutely. So now one thing before we wrap up here that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? I think the biggest thing was understand that regardless of what kind of a, a gym you open, whether it be martial arts or, or some, you know, personal fitness or, you know, a cold gym type of environment or whatever it is, I think we have to remember we're in the people business that does fitness. You know, we're not yeah. in the fitness business, we're not the martial arts business, we're in the people business that happens to do martial arts. And, you know, our, our team right now, we do a, I have my staff and I, we read a, a book every month and then we discuss it. Right now we're reading How to Win Friends and Influence People in the digital age. It's kind of an updated version. And that just kind of reminds you that, you know, student retention can be so much stronger if we remember we're in the people business and right. and if we can get and, and that's the hardest part because you're dealing with people's personalities and you don't always agree with what they're saying or how they feel however you have to put that aside and think you know what's what's best for this student and in and and the relationship that we're trying to develop with them so definitely um get really good at people skills you know it, I don't know any gym or any business really that that's doing well that uh, is not good with people. Yeah. You know, um, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, there's a, a restaurant uh, not too far from here called Tijuana Flats. It's one of the only restaurants that you get greeted at the door every time you walk in. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of restaurants you walk in and, you know, some people may, may see you may not, 
every time you walk in, they're like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you, you know? Uh, there, there's just that acknowledgement. And, and that's so simple, but I think it, 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 it's important because it happens so rarely in our, right. in our society today. Everybody's so busy, they're on their phones, they're, they're not present. And yeah, definitely you know, being in the people business is, uh, I think is probably the most important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, and you're you're in the service industry. You're providing a service for people, and it's important to make them feel like a part of something, like we we talked about earlier. And and it does come down to those simple things. You know, greeting somebody when they walk walk in the door is it so so important. You know, I think that's overlooked very often. There have been many facilities that I've walked into in the past and. Nobody even acknowledges you, right? And it's kind of like a an immediate turnoff because it it makes you feel uh, almost out of place. So you know, in in the in the gym business, a lot of people are uh, reluctant to walk into facilities as it is. So that that can make a huge difference as far as just making making people feel comfortable. Right. Wow. What an eventful conversation <laughs> here. <laughs> That's okay. Luckily, we can um, piece it together. Yeah, good, good. I apologize. Does this happen often when you do these? Um, I mean, not too often, but it definitely does happen. There have been times where it's like very spotty and we just have to kind of go back in and um, just piece it together afterward, which is okay. No worries. Yeah, um, oh, good. I apologize. I, I uh, <laughs> Of all the times for it to happen, it happens yeah, right when right? we're trying to have a conversation. <laughs> it's okay. Zoom typically draws a lot as far as the, the internet connection goes. So sometimes it creates a big lag or, um, yeah. you know, it's it's normal. So no worries. Yeah. All right. So um, we'll just hop back in and yep. uh, I'll grab just uh, your Instagram, Facebook and Perfect. whatnot. And then um, we'll wrap it up and then we'll be good. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Alrighty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So uh, on Facebook, if they, uh, facebook.com slash Sheehan Haley, S-H-I-H-A-N-H-A-L-E-Y. Instagram, Twitter is, uh, you know, at Sheehan Haley as well. Um, you know, we, we, we use that a lot as a way to get the, get the word out about the dojo. So definitely, uh, yeah, if you want to see what we have going on, you know, connect with us there. I'd love to answer any questions or help and just collab, you know, learn from each other. You know, that's yeah. that's the beauty of, of, of this and, and the internet is that we can all, you know, learn from each other and get. Alrighty, I think we oh, there we go. a little bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just texting you. You, you froze up on me. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So Craig from Elite Force Martial Arts in Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been awesome having yeah. you on the show. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you and, and chatting and uh, you know, hope, to, hope to chat with you again soon. Yes, absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.